Good morning, Mr. Mark. Well, guten Morgen, Johnny. How are you, buddy? Ah, uh, es geht's, es geht's. I'm, do- I'm doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Well, it gates. So I heard this story the other day. My mom's okay. got this coworker, right? She's just this uh, lady who, I want to say she's like in her 40s, give or take. And her dad is having, he's having a real hard time finding a kidney. Um, Ooh, okay. Yeah, like he's, I guess he's going into like kidney, I mean, shit, dude, you know kidney problems, right? He's, <laughs> Very he's got well, these yes. fucking <laughs> kidney issues and shit. And, and he had a, a transplant like 20 years ago, and it's finally rejecting his baboon kidney. And Ooh. it like... He's he's just having some some issues and shit, and so they want to get him a new one so that he doesn't have to spend like the rest of his fucking life on dialysis, basically constantly hooked up to a machine, right? right. All this ridiculous bullshit, and so they're working on doing this this like three way swap because oh. his daughter can can donate a kidney, but it's not compatible for him. So it's like hers can go to this person, and this person's goes to this person, and this one's goes to her dad. You know. You're brokering this... organs. Okay, yeah, great. Uh, what it, kind exactly. of fucking dystopian future do we live in? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I Right? Especially when we have the ability to fucking create shit with stem cells. Um, why put a human through a bunch of fucking pain and take away an organ that they actually probably still fucking need when we can just grow it? No, 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 no. That doesn't make any money. Um, hmm. Plus, <laughs> plus, there's part of me that thinks that surgeons like to see people squirm and hurt, but maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Surgeons correct me if I'm wrong. Fuck. Um, anyway, so like they're, they're working on this thing and my mom was telling me about it because there's there's one guy like on, on the third leg of this mm-hmm. that just keeps throwing a monkey wrench into things. Like he just keeps adding these weird like almost rock star writers to, hey, you can have this, but I want this and I want this and I want this. And like this dude has got some of the weirdest fucking like wants and needs. Okay. Like you'd never fucking believe it. So Ooh. some of the ones she was telling me, she's like, um, he wants to basically like have the halftime show at his high school football like arena, like high school football game. And one of their halftimes in this upcoming season, like for the fall season, he wants to go out there and be able to throw a football through a giant beer can. Okay. And get everybody all pipe like hyped up and shit. Um, he has an entire – he wants an entire bowl of mayonnaise and, like, six bags of Ritz crackers, like the little mini Ritz crackers. Okay. okay. So he's just going to make this, like, weird mayonnaise and, and Ritz fucking <laughs> cereal disgustingness. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I don't mean to make oh. you <laughs> – don't mean to make you all gross. <laughs> and finally, he's like, oh, yeah, and I want you all to spend, like, four grand promoting the dang old podcast. Woo woo. <laughs> Sorry, that was a long trip to get here, but everybody, welcome to the Dangle Podcast. That was a gribble of a cold open, and yes, welcome back to the Dangle Podcast. This here weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy, Johnny, we take two episodes of King of the Hill, and we talk about the goods and the bads and the highs and the lows. We see if it still holds up, and then we slap it with our patented rating system. And Johnny, you just want to uh, cut into this one, buddy? Ooh, I, I really do, because we're, we're going to start us off this week with episode 163, Dale Be Not Proud. Original air date, March 14th, 2004. This is written by uh, Jonathan Collier. We've seen him a whole bunch, man. Um, I think we're going to get like three or four more episodes and then he's done. 
I want to okay. say he's done by season 10, but I may be thinking of our, our next writer as well. I was looking at both of them. Uh, I did find out, however, that Jonathan Collier, he's got uh, some Simpsons credits. Oh, okay. And it's from the, the golden era. I think he was, he's got a writing credit. Like, well, fuck, dude. Everybody on staff writing credit has one for 22 short films about Springfield because everyone got their fucking crack at it. Right. Um, so I know he wrote on that one for sure. But I, <clears throat> one of my personal favorites, because I grew up in a household that that glorified the fucking history channel was uh he's the writer of curse of the flying hellfish oh wow oh wow okay okay yeah so i'm like okay that's that's a fucking solid episode so um yeah i don't i don't remember i don't think you and i have ever talked too much shit on jonathan collier i don't know if we've had one that we just absolutely despise by the guy doesn't ring a bell no, I mean, other Fuck, than he's, he's us no not Craig. knowing how to pronounce his name. Yeah, fucking Craig. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's like, eh, hell, I'm into it, man. If Especially if you're the guy that gave me fucking Curse of the Flying Hellfish. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> Collier. 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 I, I think it's Collier. Maybe it's because I I like Alanis Morissette, and so I just assume everybody like that is it's like Dave Couillet. So... <laughs> Um, you ought to know, Mark, that our cast of characters is Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill DeBetrove, Boomhauer, John Force, Dr. L. Tabor, Nancy Gribble, Joseph Gribble, Luann Platter, Carl Moss, fuck Carl Moss, Timmy Croston, <laughs> Octavio, Mike Soto, and Emily. Emily. This is a interesting fucking cast of characters, man. Like, there's people in here... Only because, like, it just seems like none of them should be commingling, and the beast. I forget about the fucking B story. I just watched this last night, and I fucking forget that the B story exists. Yeah, I yeah, and yeah, it, it, I, a thou- I don't know how to articulate. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, a thousand percent. Like, I forgot about the B story, but boy, I really like the B story. Okay, okay. Um, so you want my synopsis? Yes, please. Dale makes a hard decision to help out a stranger, leaving Hank as his proxy, and Bobby rules the morning announcements. Cowbell. So, cowbell announcements. Ring a ding a ding a ding. Um, <laughs> Don't worry, I'm gonna put here. one in. I'm gonna real quick. I'm gonna jump ahead of you real quick uh, with the note yeah. of there's gonna be a cowbell in this episode, listeners. You just get ready. <laughs> um, and it's not in the the uh, beginning intro because if we had to use a cowbell to announce every time we're funny. Guys, it would be an hour and a half of fucking cowbell. Um, <laughs> I need more cowbell. A, sto- a story characters, Dale and Hank. B story characters, Bobby and Peggy. Let's jump right into it, man. You got yeah, some notes for me? I got a couple notes, yeah. Um, number one, Dale Be Not Proud is a play on Death Be Not Proud, a super depressing novel a dad wrote about watching his kid die. Holy shit. <laughs> um, can you really quick explain to me what a funny car is? It's just drag race, right? Mm-hmm. You uh, you are are like fucking telepath right here, buddy, because I'm telepath. staring at my notes and my <laughs> ring a ding a ding. My very first note here is is uh, the straight from Wikipedia description of what a funny car is. A funny car is a type of drag racing vehicle. It's specific racing class in organized drag racing. They're characterized by having a tilt up fiberglass or carbon fiber body. Uh, over a custom fabricated chassis, giving them appearance of a vaguely approximating a manufacturer's showroom model. Um, they have the engine placed in front of the driver as opposed to dragsters, which are behind them. 
So okay. yeah, you're right. Okay. It's it's a specific like class of drag racing, and the car has to fit specifics essentially. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I don't understand why I, I I looked up the NHRA the National Hot Rod Association um, I looked up the the origins of the name Funny Car and apparently it comes down to a guy who was walking through a showroom and saw a car that looked like that and just went <laughs> that looks kind of funny oh my god that's that's the story allegedly <laughs> and I'm like fuck it this has been organized since 1966 so oh, okay okay yeah it's it's established yeah cool. Um, is Mike Soto white now? Did you catch that? I don't that? know, but I know, I, yeah, like, I definitely noticed they, he, they have, like, palleted him, like, palette swapped him, almost. Yeah, yeah, almost. Like, it was jarring enough that I noticed it. Okay, number one, two notes, and they're kind of just backed into each other. Number one, Hank couldn't give blood per, um, be true to your fool. Right. Um, and then two, none of the guys can give blood because they're standing around drinking beer in the alley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they're going to get those sweet I gave blood hats, bud. <laughs> and some orange juice and cookies, so. Yes. And if they donate enough, they'll get a mug that says that. Said I gave blood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Min oh. and Peggy got to drink it out of little bitty paper cups because I bet they're both banned from donating blood. Peggy-sized paper cup. <laughs> um, do you know your blood type? Um, may, maybe I think it's I think I'm B positive or B negative. Okay. Uh, so no, I guess that's that's my answer. Fuck no. Okay. I'm O negative. What about you? Yeah, I'm O okay. negative. Yeah. Nice. Now, isn't that? Are you a universal donor or acceptor? Acceptor. I think I can take it all. Okay. Yeah, you can. <laughs> One another grilled cheese, all. baby. You can take it all, Bar. <laughs> Mark's part of the problem. <laughs> um, um, uh, note, I already called this one out, but anyway, I'm so putting in a cowbell effect. Yes. Um, <laughs> Dale's already shaved. He's just already shaved. Um, note, is that Dr. Robert Stack? It, according to the credits, it's not, but boy, did it sound like him. No, I looked it up, and Tabor is he is a a specific person that's not like on, typically on the King of the Hill cast. Um, okay. It is a guy named Larry Miller, but I don't recognize the name, and I didn't honestly think to fucking look him up. So that's on me, guys. That's my bad. I, it's interesting though. If you you've have you ever watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? I think I watched it with you once, yeah. So there's a character in that named Tabor, and at one point they all go out fishing, like they bust out of the mental asylum and they go fishing, and he, they start naming off people, and th- they're naming them all as quote-unquote doctors so that the guy on the fishing boat doesn't hassle them, and mm-hmm. he, they refer to one of them as Dr. Tabor, and I'm like, I know this isn't a reference, but I, it's hard for me to separate this, because <laughs> my, my lizard brain is just like connecting shit that shouldn't be connected, but... Maybe, maybe it's a weird, like, deep cut reference. I don't know. I don't know. Just something I thought. <laughs> um, I looked it up. You would know Larry Miller as the dad in ten, th- or in ten things I hate about you. Oh, um, it's he's also. Um, oh God, he's the bald what guy. The fuck is his name? There's a bald guy. He, in no, something. he is. He's the bald guy. No, exactly. No, uh, I I know him in Ten Things I Hate About You, and I like him in that. But I love him in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He's Dabney Coleman, the casting agent. 
oh, uh, that works with Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. And he's just like, oh, I, you see a naked naked man and go, I want that. And to me, it's that's tantamount to saying, I oh look, there's an elephant. Let me drain its blood to paint my boathouse. He has some <laughs> weird fucking lines, and he's <laughs> such a good fucking character, guys. Go look up Larry Miller. Go watch something with him in it. You're going to fucking love it. He's also the uh, stylist Paolo in uh, The Princess Diaries 1 and 2. And little awesome. fact okay. about Mark Jones, I don't mind the first Princess Bride movie. Diary. How could movie. you? I, I'm just saying, you know. One of my guiltier pleasures, I reckon. I saw it in theaters, bud. There's no judgment here. I did too. saw it with my mom. <laughs> yeah, I saw it with my sister. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway finally we have another kid hauser kid hauer sighting freudian slip uh we did we do i i have in my pros here in all bold here i saw kid hauer <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like bigfoot now we're just gonna be like on the lookout and he's gonna appear like you know moving in and out of focus okay it's conspiracy theory time mark okay kid hauer is in fact our fucking rockadillo <laughs> how how would okay. that possibly work no i don't know i just wanted to see your reaction because i <laughs> wanted to talk about rockadillo again <laughs> cowbell <laughs> anytime you say cowbell i'll just like throw it in like don't you feel free to pepper him in too awesome awesome i love it <laughs> oh i'm sorry okay. those are my notes Okay. Okay. Yeah. No worries. Um, let's see. I already told you my first one here. It's about funny cars. Okay. So I looked up the all-time leader of, of like most championship wins for funny car racing, and it mm-hmm. is John Force. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, by a lot. So John Force has won 155 funny car championships. Oh my god. The next closest is a guy named Ron Caps, who has won 72. So he has over doubled what the next closest guy has done. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, so John Force is amazing. Like, y- yes. Like wow. this is his shit. Um, I, I don't think I've ever watched a funny car race cause I'm pretty sure it's not televised. There's not a lot of NHRA stuff that is, hmm. um, at least not unless you have a, like a super fancy cable package or some shit. Um, my stepdad is super into dragsters and car racing and things like that. And I know he watches a bunch of stuff on YouTube. Um, so I will probably ask him if he can show me some cool John Force shit after this. Because <laughs> okay. I, I kind of want to watch it. Like, I've been to drag races before. They're kind of fun. They're loud as shit, but they're fun. Yeah. Um, Dude, Emily is fucking scary in this episode. <laughs> Emily, I love Emily. I love her so much. Like, she has got this, this fucking energy about her of, you, you just don't screw with me. I really think she runs the school. It's not Moss. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I would really yeah. like her whole. Yeah, Mike Soto had credibility. You need to be funny. Like that's okay. Yeah, I'll be. I'll be funny. Shit. Like <laughs> if I'm not, you're gonna murder me. Is that's the that's the thing I got. Um, uh, so, it's a note here, and I don't know if it should be a pro or a con. I put it in a note because I couldn't figure out where to put it. But mm-hmm. I don't think that Dale is being unreasonable in not wanting to just give his fucking kidney to someone. <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, are you reading my notes now? <laughs> no, but like it just it doesn't make sense to me 
in a in a storytelling way, yes, it makes sense because the guy least likely to give a fucking kidney to someone and the one who's probably done the most damage to their kidneys, barring fucking Bill, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> is the one that could potentially give it. But like, and you pick anyone on the block, this this makes more sense, and you can make a more compelling argument for him giving giving a kidney away. Oh, Con needs a kidney. Cool. Now he's stuck. To, like Dale and Con are stuck together for the rest of their lives. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Um, you know, oh, um, um, somebody got fucking injured. Now Dale needs to go give blood. Cool. It is what it is. It doesn't make sense for Dale to do this for a complete fucking stranger. I could even see him doing it for someone at his gun club, but not even a celebrity stranger like John Force. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the peer pressure that everybody gives him to do it. It's like, guys, you're putting stress on a on a structure that wasn't up to code to begin with don't (laughs) go down this fucking trail with him um yeah and then my last note here did you notice um i had to pause hulu and look at this but dale's dead bug is registered in a country that's not america oh is it yeah it's in liberia his his checks are from arlen bank like arlen first bank or whatever but it says a a liberia registered company I bet you that's his soldier of fortune bullshit. It right or how however the hell he can avoid doing taxes under his own name. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But I thought that was kind of interesting cuz he pulls or Hank pulls out his uh checkbook to buy the alien urine and I paused it right there and I was like, "Huh. Okay, <laughs> learned a little bit more about Dale's dead bug today." <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Give me some of your pros, man. Um, pro, you disappoint me, Dale. Get in line. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure if this is a pro or a con, but I also don't like to be alone with my thoughts. Um, we finally, you and I have gone back and forth here on this show a lot, talking about like the person that is Dale Alvin Gribble. Um, yes. And you know, like when it gets remade, and he's going to be the QAnon conspiracy. You know, so like mm-hmm. what he was, what he is, what he will evolve into. But we actually now have, I think, the best terminology for it. He is a skeptic. He's not a conspiracy yes. theorist. He's a skeptic. Like, yes. He's not a doomsday prepper. He just hoards Mountain Dew and show turtles and Jervster. Like, he buys alien urine. He wants to believe <laughs> he is a skeptic. That is. Yes. We got a term for it now, and I like it. I think that's a very smart way of, of phrasing it because there's, yeah, there's a lot of discussion i guess is how you would put it around who dale will be in 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 the reboot yeah um and it's the the low-hanging fruit is to make him a mega QAnon conspiracy theorist and i don't think the writers are going to take that route because it's too fucking easy and it's too like it's it's too anticipated i guess i would do something just to completely screw with the people um so saying he's a skeptic i'd be really interested to see how they're going to approach some of this modern day stuff. Okay, so right now, um, here's my pitch to you. Dale is he is now a um cryptid hunter on YouTube and he's really bad at it, but Joseph holds the camera for him and will often throw rocks to fuck with his dad. Joseph has the second most high rated YouTube account in cryptozoology where he just shows him filming his dad being an idiot and him fucking with him. <laughs> Okay, I'm kind of into that. I yeah. really want Dale to be a grandpa in the reboot because I want Joseph to have knocked somebody up already. I I am sure that Joseph is like a super producer, you know, like 
in the reboot, we're going to look out for uh, Joe Joe Stars. Joe Joe, I, I don't know. Joe, Joe, Joe Jonathan, Jonathan, no. Jonathan Joe Stars. <laughs> Jonathan Joe Stars. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> what is the red corn stand, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Sorry, I sidetracked you. I see you met my stand, B M F. I can't. We're done. Skipping ahead. Okay, I need some. Co- okay, here we go. Whew, wow, that got to me. Um, <coughs> Peggy's little pep talk to Bobby. I really like it. She's being supportive. She's being sweet. She cares about her son. She loves her son. Yeah. And it takes us into a, I would say, a largely forgettable subplot or or, or B story, sorry. But at the same time, yeah. um, it's really good in this episode. It totally breaks up the tension because, um, like you're saying, with Dale getting told that he needs to give his kidney, this is kind of a dark, like, this is kind of a dark episode. Yeah. And how do you break that up? You have Peggy and Bobby start a morning zoo show. You have a Peggy gets a job <laughs> okay. while trying to, you have the second Peggy gets a job while trying to get another job at Tom Landry in two weeks with a uh, cheer yes. factor, but whatever. I just, I really like the B or the, yeah, the B story. I like how they did it. I think they're cute together. Like, and then I like how it devolves into madness. Like all things do because like success and notoriety are a real bitch in their own right. You know? Okay. So I just like it. Um, Finally, Octavio jumping out of the Hill House window. And then Tangential Con, where the fuck is the screen on that window? But I'm sure he removed it, so whatever. <laughs> you and your you and your window screens, buddy. I They live we, in Texas. St- like those windows are open all the fucking time, I'm sure. Like Right. Hey Texas listeners, um, you represent one of the biggest like chunks of our listenership. People living in Texas. Do you not have screens on your window? Am I just totally off base here? Like let me know. Somebody I'm not... call him out. Make him look like a dick. Don't make me look like a dick. Just tell me. Are there screens through your goddamn windows? <laughs> um, I think we're going to get our the closest we were ever we would ever get to a a catchphrase for Octavio in this episode because we heard it before <laughs> once and you hear it twice in this episode. And it's yep. his... <laughs> when he's jumping out the window. Yeah. Because we heard it when he did his cannonball into Luann's pool. Yep. And then he does it twice in this episode. <laughs> oh, it makes me happy. I fucking love Octavio. <laughs> also, pro on a pro on a pro. Um, Hank and Octavio palling around together. Or not palling around, but like, you know, Mike Judge Existing is just crushing together. it. Yeah, like Mike Judge yeah. is crushing it in that. Yeah. Yeah. I This was this felt like just enough of their interaction to where like it, it wasn't too much. You don't really ever have to broach the subject again, but we have our, like, five minutes of Hank and Octavio doing stupid shit together. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a great yeah. little bit. Uh, will you get any more pros, bud? No, that was, no, I cut, I totally cut you off in your pros, I think. I'm sorry. I just got too excited no, for Octavio. No, no, you're, no, you're good. I hadn't even started mine yet. Oh, I um, thought you just said Octavio's catchphrase. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so our first... My first pro here is I like the like gaggle of teachers waiting outside to make FaceTime with Moss. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the, I can feel the tension there. Also, yeah. when was the last time you saw anybody that excited to be a fucking sub at school or even that many subs waiting to work at a school? Like I swear to god I I 
I have yet to see. My wife works at school all the fucking time. And even in another country, they're constantly, every single day, someone needs a sub. Like, there's no waiting list. <laughs> well, um, maybe subs in Texas are, you know, they're a highly sought commodity. I don't know. At the time, probably. It just, it, it, it kind of dates the episode almost because that is not the state of American school systems at this point. Right. Yeah. Um, I really liked uh, the guy shunning Dale with him just going, yep. And they all literally turned <laughs> from him. Yep. Um, so we let's see here. We've seen everybody but Boomhauer. No, we've seen Boomhauer get shunned. We've now seen everybody get shunned from the rest of the group in the alley, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we saw Boomhauer get shunned in Patch Boomhauer because everybody mm-hmm. was all pissed off at him because they thought he was a bad man. Um, we saw Bill do it when he when he gave everybody lice. Mm-hmm. We saw Dale do it this episode because he wouldn't go give blood or give a kidney or whatever the fuck it was. And we saw Hank do it when he had his anger problems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So every, all, all four of the guys have been excluded from by the other three at least one point at this time. Yeah, I mean, we're all so on equal cool. footing. Yeah, we're, we are now all equally jerks. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We've all had our asshole moment. Yep. Um, I really love the concept of behind this episode of A Day in the Life Of because I feel like they've alluded and hinted towards some of the, the weird shit that Dale does, but they've never gotten a chance to explore it. So Hank having to walk around and be Dale for three days and experience things like bashing in somebody's fender for money or <laughs> taking shots with your Mexican gal Friday um, or buying eight, eight um, fucking what does he say? Buckets or drums, eight drums of alien urine for $300. Like, (laughs) okay. You're, you're getting a window into why Dale is the way he is. It's kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah. I also feel like they could have way overdone this and just didn't like, I'm surprised we didn't see Hank go to the gun club. I'm glad we didn't though. Like Hank doesn't like guns anyway. And it would have been like, right we need you to represent us in the Arlen fun shoot. Oh, I bought I can't Dale would like, yeah, we don't need it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, another pro here, Nancy's reaction to Dale giving away his kidney because he is so nonchalant about it. That whole scene where she's like, <laughs> I, I noticed you're not eating any solids and you're only drinking clear liquids. Oh yeah. It's cause I'm donating a kidney tomorrow. Gotta go get shaved. And she's just like stunned silence. It is so wonderful. If I could own a Nancy frame, that's not going to make me horny. It's that one. Big bold letters. I already said it. I saw kid Hauer. He's outside when they're doing the morning zoo. That makes me happy. Um, yeah, you and I are just going to have to keep our eyes open for him. I don't know how we never noticed him before. Cause it is shocking how close he looks. We've seen him before. We just have a name now, you know? Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, I think this might be the best second Dale episode for any new viewer of the show. Because you have to get one episode of Dale to kind of figure out who he is mm-hmm. before you watch this one. Yeah. I just don't know which one it is. So I figured you and I can kind of open debate here. What do you think the best introductory Dale episode is? Um... I don't know. I know what mine is. Okay, what's yours? Mine is King of the Ant Hill. Yeah, I think that's the right one. Yeah. Because, like, like, if you're going to get to know Dale. Maybe Dogdale Afternoon, but I don't know. Okay. 
No, Dogdale Afternoon is also a good one. Um, I feel like you miss, without some context of Dale, without his some context of his his weirdness, his skepticism, his, like, uh, pr- proclivity. I don't know what the fuck word I'm looking for here. <laughs> his penchant for, like, believing in fucking conspiracies and yeah. being led on by, led on by people. Um, without that, you're missing some of the specialness of this episode. Right. But if you watch even one other Dale episode and kind of establish, oh, yeah, you're a fucking crazy, you're a nut job, then this is a this is a fantastic one. Um, Maybe Helenium. Okay, Helenium is a good one because it's it's not so much Dale, but it's a decent amount. And yeah, we see him. Let's see, we see him hoarding. We see his computer knowledge. We see him get real weird with. Um, chappy and go and try and find a dog yeah to eat <laughs> gerbster like he's hoarding like we see him hoarding but then but then in the beginning too and he's like nope it's perfectly reasonable and it's a good like bait and switch and he's like this is the mm-hmm. type of person i am hank this is what i was made for like yes so i i wanted to make that note because i feel i feel like dale should almost come with his own guide he he is such a unique character in this show that got fleshed out way more than so many others and this yeah. is a really good second episode for people that are interested in Dale. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, what about um 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 Soldier Misfortune? When he goes That's and like a good one too. discharges his gun in the gun club and like fights Mad Dog and Yes. No, that's a good one too. The accidental discharge one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I could see that. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think of all the Dale episodes now and where it is like specifically Dale, like um, what a mice and little green men isn't a good Dale episode. Um, no, well, there, and there's stick tech, but that's that's a good Dale episode for somebody that you already know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need the context to enjoy that one. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, I. Now who's the dummy? Maybe because that sh- definitely shows like or my that he's a. Sorry. No, as I say, it shows he's a grown man that gets – he has weird, irrational fears that probably drive him to do a lot of the shit that he does. Yeah, makes him human. <laughs> like, Yeah. I I think I picked um, King of the Ant Hill because Hank has that line at the end where he talks about – I didn't know that – I didn't know what sort of like destruction a friendship could go through until this. Oh, yeah. And yet I'm still best friends with him. Like, Dale, you're my best friend. I'm like, okay. That's that shows that Dale can be incredibly extreme, and you know that, and Hank is still gonna just like eventually forgive him. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, I I thought it was a cool, just a cool moment. Uh, if if anybody was like, I want to know more about this pocket sand guy, who's he? What's why is he? Everybody like him so much. I'm like, all right, you get two episodes to show him. It's this <laughs> one, and it for me, it's this one in King of the Ant Hill. <laughs> I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And my last pro here is just that fuck the ending of this episode is good. I really enjoy it. Mm. Yeah, where he's making the deal with the kid and Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's wholesome and it's it feels very authentic. Dale is he's a weird conspiracy theorist and, and he all that, but he's got a heart of fucking gold. We see it all the time with Joseph. Yeah. Whenever he interacts with his kid, you see it. And I'm glad that you get a chance to see it's not it's not exclusively to Joseph. He's not a shitty person. He just yeah. 
Yeah, he's just a genuinely good dude. (laughs) Yeah, he just, his mind is a little fucked up sometimes. Yeah, but. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Give me your cons, man. Um, Cons, number one. Hank, dude, back off. It is Dale's body. Holy shit, dog. Calm down. Yeah. Like, ugh, all right. Um, Dale's 100% right. Uh, Like, yes, it's a, he takes it a bit far in the conspiracy theory side of it. But, like, what? We've given, like, the last Rockefeller, like, eight hearts. Dick Cheney has gotten three hearts out of different humans. Like, Mm -hmm. I read this whole deal. Um, I was, okay, so, like, we're going to go back in time here to when I was in high school. And, um, my buddy uh, gave me a Playboy. And instead of, you know, doing what you're supposed to do with it in the bathroom, I literally read an article on, like, organ harvesting. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a little extreme, but the idea is that if you're an organ donor, all that shit's logged into a system. And if there's some, like, weird deal, hey, man, somebody needs a heart and you got that right heart, ooh, you got an accident. And, yeah, it's conspiracy theory and bullshitty, but at the same time, like, there is an organ harvest thing. Like, they are, uh, what is it, Massachusetts now just signed a bill where inmates can trade time off their sentences for donating organs. What the fuck I is saw that? that? What the that is fuck is that? Shit. Like, like, okay, so, like, on the one hand, like, shit that you just, like, can crank out. Blood, semen, bone marrow, do it. Who the fuck cares? Like, you know, that, that yeah. is the, like... That is why we should be eating tilapia and not tuna, because it's a lot easier to make a tilapia than it is a giant tuna. Like, right. but don't, no, liver, kidneys, like, what the hell are you doing? Like, and then too, just, I don't know, if I get, you know, John Wayne Gacy's liver, does that make me a serial killer? Like, I don't know why I'm right. on John Wayne Gacy all the time anymore, but I am. I'm sorry, guys. I just... <laughs> It, it's gross. It really bothers me. Um, counterpoint. I don't know. I remember the one you're talking about. I cannot remember her name, but it was that woman you said that they like cloned like all of her like pap smear cells or something. And she, you know what I'm talking about? Henry Lex. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. She has um, infinitely divisible. Like it's, it's the first um, cell culture that it will essentially indefinitely, as long as it's kept within culture, um, reproduce itself. Yeah. So she, they, they like scraped her cells off of her while doing a, a, a cancer treatment or some shit in the forties. Cancer. And yeah. Her, cancer. I mean, yeah. And, um, her cells are still being used and her family was never fucking paid for it. Like they're still being used today in everything because yeah. they're infinitely fucking reproductible. And that's insane to me. Like, and wrong. Yeah. It's, it's I don't know. It's. It's just weird. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. I, we, I went, I got, I got tangent to there. No, no. I, so I don't know. I think I talked about this maybe a year ago. I used to talk on occasion, Mark, about my work at, at the cemetery yeah. um, when I would bury people. And there was a woman in that buried a lot of people in my cemetery that got uh, investigated by, I want to say it was the FBI or the CIA or something like that in Montrose. Um, because she was doing illegal, illegal body brokering. So she had a license to essentially harvest the dead bodies and stuff of the people that were in her mortuary. Right. Um, you know, you can, oh, so-and-so needs an eye or, oh, so-and-so wants to study this leg or this lung or something like that. She had the legal right because she had the license to chop up said body as long as that that person was an organ donor and sell it to people for medical research or for 
shit, dude, just for kicks, I guess. <laughs> um, and it's it's a really weird, strange business to think about. And the only reason she ended up getting in trouble, and she actually just got sentenced. I think she got like ten years or some shit for it for for illegally doing some things. Yeah. Um, the only time it got weird was when she was she was selling things that she shouldn't have been, like a like a dude's glass eye. Okay, that's weird. That's like stealing from the dead. Yes. No. Exactly. Huh. So. Yeah, it, the body brokering business is very very strange, and it. it I mean. I feel like it, it fits with this because it's dead people that are that are donating their their organs and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's not that much farther from somebody that's alive and getting all this weird pressure and support of, well, either you donate your kidney or you're a fucking monster because you won't let a 10-year-old kid live. It's like, yeah. mm, what's this 10-year-old kid going to do for me? Like, I'm going to shorten my life for him. And that's that should be my choice. You shouldn't be fucking pressuring me into that. I didn't give him shitty kidneys. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, no. Because on the one hand, like, again, I get to be the problem here. Um, fuck that kid. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, what? Because he's a kid, he deserves more life than you. Like, if all life is special, then all death should be tragic. But it should be all death. Like. Yeah. I don't know. I have to deal with children's hospitals a lot, and they will over... So, like, okay, on the one hand, yeah, they are great things that do save kids' lives. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, they make a lot of money. And I guarantee you it doesn't go to... Like, not all of it goes to treatment. It lines somebody's pockets. And, like... Absolutely. I have to work with these people and go, look, you don't get to charge $10,000 for a CT scan. Like, that's not... you don't you you don't get to do it. It's like, but it's for children. I don't fucking care who it's for. Like, it doesn't matter yeah. who it's for. It, it, it stop like stop using it to make a profit. That's disgusting. It's wrong. Like, yeah, you don't get to exploit that. Yeah, but you get it, or you get to because it's a kid, because it's precious. The laughter of a child. Like, oh my god. It, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I, yeah, it is a kid, and yeah, like he isn't. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like Dale's a father. Dale's a husband. Dale is cared about and is he any less or more precious than this child? I don't know. Like, you know, right. No, exactly. It's all about the potential in it. Um, so I, I don't know where I was, I was going with all of that, buddy. I feel like you and I just kind of, (laughs) kind of went off on it, but I don't think anyone should ever feel guilty if they want to keep their fucking organs in their body and not donate them. I agree a thousand percent. Dangle podcast says your body, your choice. Absolutely. So, sorry, we're we're continuing on cons here. If you got any more, yeah, I got a couple here. Number one, John, you can um, validate this for me. As a man who just recently had major surgery, and I, not so just recently, but just so recently, Dale is too goddamn limber. Yes, he is. Holy shit! Like, I had outpatient surgery that was like I probably could have gone home the day I, the day it happened. Yeah. And yet I ended up staying for three days anyway, and I was still in pain. I did not have have anything near close to what he had done. And yeah, he's <laughs> – I love the scene in the air duct where all of a sudden he hits his, his IV and just goes, uh, yeah, and yeah. gets that burst of energy. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense, but – Fucking yeah, love it. yeah, but it's yeah, it's good. Like, yeah, oh no, he's he is way too fucking limber for that. Good con, good con. I'm sorry, it's like almost like deal breaking for I like I when I had my appendix out, I couldn't stand upright for like 
four days. Like, I was literally yeah. Rock Lee, like, today I will climb this flight of stairs, like... Right. Yeah. yeah it, <laughs> and he's out in, like, less than 12 hours, I think. Um, oh, no, that's my favorite moment. So, yeah, I think we're the favorite moments, buddy. Unless you got cons. No, you have cons for me still, right? Um, Sorry. I, I do have... I No, I do have cons. Um, one of them will be conflicting with you, but one wouldn't, one's not. Okay. I don't think... I think I can make the argument here. So, because they're both about the B story. Okay. And first one here, I don't think that Peggy should have been Bobby's sidekick. I okay. like I like the interactions between them. I do think they're very cute, very sweet. I like that she wants to spend time with her kid. But I feel like it was the writers being lazy and not wanting to figure out any any other kid at Tom Landry to do it with him. Okay. You could have picked Joseph. You could have picked Connie. If all they're doing is repeating a word and running a cowbell, that's like right up Joseph's alley. Okay. You know? Yeah. So I just feel like it's a con to me because I'm like, you, I feel like you shoehorned Peggy in because it was the easier choice and you didn't want to go and get someone like Breck and Meyer to do these lines. Kathleen and Jimmy was already there. It was okay. another day of work for her. Um, and my last one, like last con in here, it's just I don't really care for the B story and I don't know why. Okay. And maybe it's maybe it's because I was more invested in the A story that the, when every time the B popped up, I was just like this this is just kind of fluff and I don't really care for it. I just want to get back to the main piece of this. So like it, it is a con but isn't a con if 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 you will. I just I don't think I care for the B story all that much. I don't hate it. It's not a bad one by any means. It just didn't add anything in this episode for me. Um but I'd also say, like, it didn't take anything either. It's not like that uh, yes. competitive food-eating one, the fat and the furious, um, that where, where Peggy's trying to, like, keep Bobby from knowing about it. That This right. didn't, that, like, derailed action. Right. Whereas this just, like, yeah, okay, we're breaking it up a little bit. No, that's a good way to put it. It's very neutral. And I think that's probably yeah. why I don't like it. Because it doesn't have a stance one way or the other. It just is there. I think that's okay. I think you can have B stories that are just there to break it. It's like, um, it's a little bit like the last meal one. Yeah. Nothing okay. really happens. Um, it, it doesn't have anything to do with the plot. Like, it, okay. you know, you could take it out. You could, you could put that story into any other one. You could take this one out and put it into any other one, but it isn't where like, it's so forgettable that you don't need, I don't know. I, I just like okay. it. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's a personal deal for me, and I think I'm trying to justify yeah. it that way. But yeah, I don't no, know. And, yeah, and, and you, no, you by no don't. means do you need to like. No, Mark, I I agree with you 100. percent I know, Johnny, I agree <laughs> yeah. with you 100. percent Lemonade, like. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that itchy and scratchy. No, I I I don't want to try and and I'm not even trying to convince you that your your view is wrong here. Um, I I always it just feels a little off when you and I don't agree on something. I don't know. That's, I don't yeah. know, man. <laughs> I feel like we're simpatico so much. Um, favorite moments, man. You got, you got. I got three of them in mind. How many? Oh God, I, I only got one. What are your three? I'm curious. Okay. No, wait. I'm gonna give you uh, mine. I, I want to see if I hit yours real quick. Let's do that instead. Sorry. Okay, go for it. Yeah. Um. My, I only got the one, and it's Hank and Octavio. Just that entire interaction, <laughs> mostly the um. Now mostly, we drink. Yeah. That the the insurance fraud. I have to commit fraud with you. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we drink. It's 10 in the morning. Like, I now don't remember what episode it was, but you were like, we don't see characters. Tanking it to the streets, I think. And you were like, we don't see yeah. characters in the show taking shots. And hey, we see characters in the show taking shots. Like, Yes, we do. Well, when Octavio's involved, you can't really say no, can you? <laughs> I mean, I think I, I don't want to be rude. Like, it's not even like, I just don't want to be rude <laughs> to the guy. Danny Trejo comes up to you and offers you a shot of human piss. Are you taking it? You know I am. So am I. <laughs> Hell, Danny Trejo could walk up to me and offer me a shot of Crown Royal and I'd take it. Like, Ooh, okay, okay. Coming at you guys. <laughs> okay, so my favorite moment is not that. Oh, cool. They're okay. all separate. They're all separate Dale lines here. Okay. Um, I don't play favorites with my organs. If you take my kidney on vacation, the rest of me gets to go too. <laughs> yes. That is a hell of a fucking writer. Um, Dale's nonchalant. Well, gotta go get shaved as he's walking <laughs> out the door for breakfast. Also perfect. But arguably one of my favorite Dale lines ever is he is mid it's not psychosis but it's just mid what is it what is what does the doctor call it like delusion dementia dementia post, yeah yeah like post um um anesthesia dementia. dementia yeah yeah and it's dale screaming the harvest has begun <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's it's shades of like season two and three Dale that is terrified that everything is coming to fucking get him. Oh, yeah. so fucking good. Um, well, we are to our rating system. You want to break down our rating system, buddy? Yeah, sure. I don't have a cute one, but our rating system breaks down like this. At the very, very bottom is charcoal. It sucks. It is not a good episode. It is not funny. And when you watch it, it's going to like make you mad and maybe feel kind of dirty, just like the soot underneath your boy's nails. Above that is a megalo. Megalo is like a bronze. It's not good. But it's still better than charcoal. There's still something in there that you can pull out of it and go, okay, well, I guess this is an okay part. It's Bill dancing in the river after a hippie. Like, it's that kind of thing. Um, Above that is butane. Butane is a bastard gas, and this is a bastard episode. Uh, you love to hate it, and you hate to love it. It's a, it's a B. It's a silver. It's fine. It's whatever. You're going to watch it. You're not going to turn it off. But if you're, like, looking to watch King of the Hill or show somebody an episode, yeah, probably skip these because they're probably just not going to be that into it because it's not that good of an episode. Above that is Charking. Charking is an amazing episode. It is a gold standard. It is an A rating. Uh, characters are used well. The writing is on point. Um, Storylines make sense and don't detract. Or it's just really good, but something hangs you up. Or maybe you need a little bit of context. We talked a lot about that this week already, I think. So, like, what was it? The ex- Exterminator. We both came down on it. Couldn't be a blue flame because you can't enjoy it without knowing exactly right. who Dale is. It's that. Right. Yeah. But if you don't need the context, then it becomes a blue flame of valor. This is our S rank. This is the greatest episode of King of the Hill you can ever watch and or show somebody. Um, it doesn't get any better than that. And I guess with that being said, Johnny, on a scale of charcoal to blue flame of valor, what are you giving Dale Be Not Proud? So after last week where you and I just kind of eviscerated the last two episodes we did, I think we did, what, a double O, and then we did a uh, a bugle O, and I was yes. like, oh, holy shit, this is, we're starting to to really, really find some, some turds in season eight. This was such a pleasant surprise to watch. Holy shit, dude. Um, I gave Dale Be Not Proud a Char King. Holy I shit. love this fucking episode, dude. This is one I didn't realize that I would want to seek out 
before I watched it. And then I watched it and went, no, this is like 100% awesome, Dale. I th- Like two seasons ago, two or three seasons ago, I told you, I don't think we have many more, maybe one more really, really good Dale episode left in this series. Yeah. Um, And I don't, I'm, I'm eating crow. I, I have an entire fistful of crow pie in my hand and it is just like about to get shoved in my fucking mouth. And I've never been happier to eat that goddamn crow pie. Sure. It's not pigeon Don't pie on the roof of a school or a hotel. It's, it, it is not pigeon pie. It's not hair pie. It is crow pie. Damn it. Crow pie. <laughs> I know. I just. I've never been so happy to be proven wrong. Um, yeah. God, this this episode is so so good, and especially like we have a guest star in here that you and I didn't really talk about because he's very fucking forgettable because it's very niche, but it's also very King of the Hill to be obsessed with a fucking drag race guy. Yeah, but it's a good and, get. Like he doesn't. Again, it's yes. not. It's not Kid Rock. Like again, who did no, it's nothing not Dusty to Hill. help. Or, or Dusty Hill. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, it's this is a guy that, that was used just the right amounts. He set up his plot devices. You got some really fun, ridiculous caveats and writers out of fucking Dale because the guy is somewhat semi-fucking famous with with beautiful children, apparently. Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, like, it was, it, it's just, there's a lot of really good shit that's utilized here. I'm not going to say the one thing that takes it from not being a blue flame for me is the B B plot because it's not like right the B plot in and of itself. I It's not like I disliked it so much. I couldn't give this a blue flame. It's just not a blue flame because you I already mentioned it. You need to see another Dale episode before this to really appreciate this one. But it's still a fucking char king for me. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. How about you, buddy? Oh, it's it's an Imperial. I gave this one a Char King too. It's hilarious. Ooh. I laughed my ass off. I really enjoyed it. It makes sense. All of this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of, and it makes a thousand percent <laughs> sense. And that's what I've always kind of come to like about this show. Like, yes. you know, what, two years ago now at this point, almost, well, I guess a year and a half, I don't know, you and I came together and laughed our asses off at the premise of a man being investigated for beating his wife and child. Yeah, like, <laughs> it should not be funny. It should not be funny, um, but it is. It's really funny. It's really enjoyable. Dale is good. Um, Hank is the bully. I like to see Hank be the villain a little bit sometimes. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's good. Uh, good use of John Force as the guest star, because, again, he doesn't take from it, but it's also very King of the Hill to have a niche thing. Shit, man, if this, I don't know why this isn't a blue flame for me. It's just not. I'm kind of with you. There's nothing yeah. inherently wrong with it, but like, it's just maybe it's the maybe the unbelievability of Dale and his athleticism. But okay, no, that's fair. P- post that, there... like, and that's such a silly little like con, you know? Because like, you get a lot of cool stuff, like him dieharding through the vent and like yeah. uh, Tokyo drifting out on the fucking medical cart. So like, I don't even care. It's great. Yeah. I think the, probably the most important part of this that turned it into an Imperial is the ending. And it's that it's not just a good ending because, you know, the kid gets his kidney and all this and that and everything is all right with the world because it's going to leave you warm and fuzzy. It's you got character progression from Dale. Yes. You, know, you got to yes. see somebody who is historically very fucking selfish unless it comes to his own kid or his own wife. And 
you gave him the opportunity to cut and run. I really enjoyed his like almost hostage negotiation scene where he's like, I, this is only going to be good for an Englishman's breakfast. If you fuck with me, <laughs> um, a, a totally underrated joke too, by the way. Yes. <laughs> um, but like he, he is like in the full throes of fuck it. If I can't have it, no one will get it. And then eventually turns around to go, okay, this kid looks kind of sick. What else do you got in here? Because obviously you're not going to give me the like 20 grand that I want or whatever the hell he asks for. So you, it, it, there's actual character progression for Dale. And I don't feel like we've seen that since Night and Deity. Yeah. Which was the, the last, I think I said that was going to be the last good Dale episode. Yeah, that was your um, like, yeah, that was your, we're going to keep, we're going to have to try to look at it for him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So to me like that it says so much more and that's what turns it into a char king for me because yeah it, there's a lot of kooky fun dale stories in this entire series but this one gives him some progression and it it you get to grow with him a little bit you see that dale is not just a heartless asshole when it comes to everybody that's not his family he does care he's more than a suit of armor in the alley yes exactly and a falcon at a dibatrov and, and yes <laughs> And a uh, 12-headed jackass. Oh, wait, we haven't got to that one yet. <laughs> and the conquering fat ass. <laughs> well, Mark, right. you say we move on to yes. our next one? We should do that. Okay, so you're going to have to bear with me, Mark. This is episode 164, and I don't speak French. We, we tried this once already here, and fuck, I didn't realize it was going to be more than one of these. Uh, après Hank de Le Deluge. Le Deluge. Yes. I think it's a deluge. The deluge. That's my Cajun Cajun laugh for you guys. I'm not trying to make fun of the French people. Just French Louisiana people. French Arcana. Yeah. I don't know, Johnny. The French are assholes. <laughs> I you know, I met I met some French people. They're not all assholes. They just know what they like and don't fucking shut up until they get it. <laughs> that's an asshole. That's that's literally the definition of an asshole. <laughs> eh. i don't know the guy i met was super cool he he was born in france went and spent a whole shitload of time in quebec and now lives in california but he was out in colorado for uh um the wedding that i officiated because he's cousins with the with the groom and hey he was, he was just this ridiculous cool french dude that had done a whole bunch of work as a cook and had burned off a lot of like sensation in his fingers so we're outside oh at at this um just like this little bonfire well not bonfire but like just like a little fire pit and stuff. And he is grabbing red hot logs and coals and shit with his bare hands and just like Jesus. fucking around with them. And he's like, yeah, this doesn't hurt too bad. And he's just like literally flicking it off. Like I would flick a cigarette. I'm like, good God, that is so hardcore. <laughs> the coolest French dude I've ever fucking met. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, 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 the, the, the fucking rain episode, rain episode, Mark. Uh, original yes. air date, March 21st, 2004. This is written by our good buddy, Kit Boss. Um, I looked it up here. We only have a couple of episodes left for Mr. Kit Boss. Okay. And I looked up what his last one is. And I referenced it earlier in this episode of recording, Mark. Do you know which one it is? Oh, my God. It's, um, oh, I know. No. <laughs> I pay attention, but we referenced a lot this episode. I do every time. It was a trick question, man, because I, yeah, I, re I fucking reference like nine other goddamn episodes every time we talk. Um, he, his final writing credit is Hank gets dusted. It's the one that's got, um, Oh, Dusty Hill. Dusty Hill. Dizzy top. It. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that'll be his final one with us. That's like two seasons from now. Okay. Okay. So we still got like three or four of them, I think, with with Kit Boss. I also don't remember any of his specifically that you and I really wanted to call out and like love slash hate. But it's been a while since I looked at his repertoire. Isn't he? Um, I, I'm almost at the point where we need to like make another master spreadsheet and like just so we can record who's doing what. Because at this point, we're eight seasons in, and I cannot have perfect recall. Um, <laughs> not not for not say, for all this shit. Yeah, I want to say Hank's haircut, but I don't think that's right. I don't. I don't know. It, do, it it doesn't matter. We like Kit Boss. We don't like Kit Boss. He's better than Craig. So well, he started out with Hank's cowboy movie, and he did Dogdale Afternoon. That's why. That's why we liked him. That yeah. Yeah. I knew it was he a Dale did, episode. I just didn't know why. Yeah. Well, he also did Revenge of the Ludafisk. He's but all of those are staff written, so it's he doesn't get specific st- like writing credits by it. I think his first one was Little Horrors of Shop or Meet the Propaniacs. Okay. Okay. He also he also did Yankee Hanky, which is like a personal favorite of mine. That's Fuck. why. That's why we know him. Yeah. And and returning Japanese. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, I'm going to make a spreadsheet. I'm going to make the spreadsheets. Say no more, listeners. We hear you screaming, It was returning Japanese, you cocksuckers! Yell about how you hate cupcakes again! Cowbell. (laughs) Cowbell. Vagina. Okay. Um, (laughs) Mark? (laughs) Yes? You want to cast the characters here. Sorry, I broke you for a second. Which in turn broke me. me. Real good. Our cast I, of characters I, yes. is, uh, he, Hank. is everybody we've seen so far except for yeah, Cotton. Fuck, just about. And Red Hank, Corn, like Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Do- Bill Dotrieve, uh, Boomhauer, Lou Ann Platter, Lady Bird, Everett, Nancy and Joseph Gribble, Con, Min and Connie, Supernus and Pone. And then we have non-speaking roles of Octavio, Stuart Dooley. I also saw, he's not credited in here, but Clark Peters is in the background of one shot. I saw his shitty little, like, rat tail in the background of one of those shots. It's like, Mm, Clark Peters is here. Uh, and then, of course, that non-speaking role of our, our favorite horse's ass, Lane Prattley. Yes. <laughs> I I really enjoy that. It's what is it? Lane. It's Lane Prattley and Octavio that are the are Bill's enforcers. Yeah. Yeah. Khan's goon squad. Yes. I'm like, oh, that's that's a combo right there. Um, <laughs> our synopsis. Arlen is thrown into panic during a flash flood. I couldn't think of anything real fun here. This, I mean, that's that's the whole episode. It's the, there's a flash flood in Ireland. Everybody has to go hang out. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a story characters, Hank and Bill. B story characters. I, I put kids question mark because that's like the closest thing I can think of to a B story. Is the kids just screwing around in the school? Interesting. Okay. Okay. But I don't know if that's that's. I mean, everything is kind of a subplot of A because they're all there because of the A. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but let's get to some notes, man. Um, some notes. Number one, first thing out of the gate, I remember hating this episode when I was a kid. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, so that was the first thing I wrote was like, oh shit, it's this one. Um, hide and seek rocks. Fuck you, Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many times music- did you and I play hide and seek in the, in the experimental theater? Oh, dude. Or, or just like in like, the theater building because we all had fucking keys to it. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and we were in our 20s. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. We also used to play Water Gun Mafia, but yeah. <laughs> and Rambo and <laughs> Yeah. Guys, you were never too old to play games like that. Don't fucking listen fun. to King of the Hill. <laughs> we need to go play like go okay, once again, I'm the problem. How can we can't go play tag? You know what I mean? I know yeah. it's because our knees will like explode, but like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man, like, yeah, go play. It's okay to play. Go go horse around on your local park's monkey bars. You only get weird looks for, like, ten seconds, and, like, fake like you're trying to do a pull-up. No one will judge you. You're just out of shape. Like, that's all there's to yeah. it. It's like, oh, Fatty's trying to better himself. Cool. And then after you get, like, three in, you, you earned yourself a swing. Go have some fun. Like, Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, This music is really, really good this episode. I don't know why. I don't know if I haven't been listening for the last eight seasons or what, but like, man, um, there's a bit when Hank is pulling up to the dam in his truck and there's, um, I don't know why it stood out to me, but there's a little bit of a flute riff and it sounds super good and it just works and it like builds tension and it's really, really good. So I have a lot of plot notes here. I think there's four plot lines. Okay. I don't think there's a B C D. I think it's all a sub one. Um, okay. The main plot is the flood, like you were saying. So you have Hank doing his own thing, but he's not really around. Um, you see him being cut in against Bill during the decision-making right. thing, right? But, like, um, Bill is his own plot, and I would even argue that Bill is the mainest of the a of the main characters. This is a Bill episode, okay. just lightly framed around him, because we need to get Bill to have stakes to not be a pant load. But it's okay. not like... Yeah. How, um, um, oh, I can't think of uh, uh, my hair lady was like not a Bill episode, you know what I mean? Like, it was a Bill team up, but yeah. like, this is Bill on his own, this is Bill literally being by himself, and we haven't seen him in this position of authority since Texas City Twister. Yes, it has been seven seasons, yeah. Um, there is a third plot, and it, but it's not a C plot because it ties in back to the Bill plot and the Hank plot. Of um, Khan and Min. They are their own yes. subplot of A. It's weird. It gets real weird. Um, and then finally, Bobby and Joseph, and then later on, Connie dicking around in the school. Yeah, like I said, everything takes place in the school. So I would definitely agree with you. Um, that's why my, my, my B-plot or my B-story characters here has a question mark next to it because it's like, is this really a B-plot? Everything connects together. Yeah. I okay. I don't know. I don't really know. It cuz because like obviously there's the one that's the cutting back and forth of Hank at the floodgate control and Bill with the Cinnabons or the 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 juice or the the, the Gatorade. Um, yeah. And there's that and I understand how that's supposed to like be an intentional juxtaposition but like but then Hank comes back and gets reabsorbed into the Bill storyline, then Khan gets reabsorbed into Bill and then Hank and Khan have to make their own storyline. Right. It's, I don't know. I can't, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, a. I don't know. It's just weird. And now I'm getting hung up. Sorry. I'm having a stroke. I've had too much coffee already. Um, no, it's okay. I mean, it does. It's not like it makes a huge difference if we have a defined a story B story here, but I, it's the first time that we've seen so many different concepts all interweave with each other, like pretty fucking seamlessly, I think. Yeah, a thousand percent. I think that's my point because, like, you watch this episode and you kind of forget that, like, 
you don't forget, but it just you it you just get to sit back and watch it. Like I don't know if mm-hmm. you've noticed, but like I don't have a ton of notes here other than this last one, and it's the implication of Khan and Min's past. Okay. Um, like you know they both they, they come from Laos. There was a lot of war going on. They were on the tail end of the Vietnam War. They were probably had to like they would know, know. they they would know how to like fucking so them getting shitty in the um gym isn't them being shitty it's them reverting to like okay this is what happens in a refugee camp we've been to this party before like yes. go find the guy in charge go start hoarding supplies go make yourself like noticeable but not noticed like so it's just all that and then it's literally what do you do you appease a dictator with power and khan kicks into chang and like gets his army of goons like yes it's well, just and, you feel bad for him know, a little bit like we know that min's dad is a general in right. the laotian army and two so it's like all right how much of this is training that she saw on on the like the the government side growing up from her dad um, yeah th- yeah she knows how to be a bureaucrat absolutely yeah yeah i think that's my fucking con and min they're awesome in everything they do together but god they complement each other so fucking well yeah yeah um, okay. Yeah, that was. Sorry, just a sec. Oh, yeah. we also we're also we're gonna lay down. Um, I'm pretty sure the uh, writing formula for the upcoming seasons that you and I are gonna watch, and maybe also in the uh, reboot, where they're just gonna keep people happy by making them by making you hate Peggy. Mm-hmm. I would argue that last week we really started it with. Um... Oh, which one did we hate before? I hated it so much I Cheer forgot factor. the goddamn name. No, the other one, the one before that, that I got super, we got both hated. Oh. Um, um, Fish and Wildlife. Fish um, and Wildlife, yeah. Like, the entire Peggy B story, while we said it was good character work and Kathy and Jimmy killed it, she was intentionally written to be obnoxious. I, that's what's about to happen here. This is We are about mm. to get into the seasons of why people hate Peggy Hill. Yeah. Like, I'm coming out of this podcast with two revelations. Number one, that I'm in love with Luann Platter. And number two, that I kind of <laughs> generally stand Peggy Hill. It, and both she, are weird feelings to have. It, the longer you watch this, the more time you spend with that character, you understand that it, her flaws are why why people should be loving her, not why they should be hating her. Yeah, but up until now, like, she doesn't... She hasn't really done anything wrong. I, I posted... I, I wish, wow, um, a couple weeks ago, I wished Peggy Hill a happy birthday in, on Twitter and said that she was the best yes. TV mom, and somebody had responded, yeah, except for the part where she's a narcissist. It's like, oh, but is she? Like, we haven't really seen her done anything too terrible. Like, she gets conned a lot, she gets yes-anded into stupidity a lot, but everybody in the show does, and I think we're getting to a point now where you need to get a little bit of a punching bag, and boy, Peggy can take a goddamn punch. You're running out of, of villains or like consistent villains that you can use. Um, yeah. It, it used to be somebody like Redcorn and now they've, they've killed the whole Redcorn story. It used to be Buck and it's like, all right, well, we've kind of ran out of ways to make Buck the fucking villain. You know, there's only so many more times we can do that. You can only do it with Dale for so long before you, t- you turn and go, well, we want people to actually like Dale because he's still going to be around for a very long time. We can't turn him on everyone. We need to make it make it work because three other people in the alley are, are his best friends who's what's the one person that we can make people hate 
but also they have to deal with her. It's Peggy. Yeah. She's fucking yeah, married exactly. to the main character. She is a main character. You can make her do whatever the hell you want. She can be the foil for everything, and you can make it up as long as Hank is okay with it in the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm very curious to see if this – yeah, season eight is the real big turning point because – when we were watching Fish and Wildlife, I was thinking that too. This whole time, all you guys are doing is just shitting all over Peggy, and you're making me hate her. And I don't want to hate her. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. I'm going to keep my eyes open for that. I'm going to try and go into this with a with a, with a broader spectrum, yeah. Yeah. Because, again, like, we don't really see her doing anything, I would say, like, really wrong. She's kind of obnoxious sometimes, but not like... I don't know. Listeners, come at me. Am I forgetting the last six seasons? I don't know, but well, she, I mean, she has sources. her moments. She has her moments of fuck ups. Like it, yeah. it just it it is what it is. I'm I'm thinking specifically the one. It's like the very last season where her and her and Bobby are trying to be like super cool, fit in with the real cool kids, and that is cringy as all hell. And she's just yes ending Bobby into things that he shouldn't be have anything to do with. But like yeah. She is not a, a hateful, spiteful person. She is ignorant sometimes. She's naive sometimes. But, God, they write her to be the most annoying human in the world, and she, that's not Peggy. It's not the Peggy we've known for seven seasons. Yeah, and that's where I'm at. Whereas, like, Bobby can be distilled down into, like, that's my purse, I don't know you, and totally lose the feed. Yep, I'm um, a baby. Yeah, but, like, there's a weird amount of Peggy propaganda. That's kind of where I'm at. We are now being made to hate Peggy. I'm just saying, keep an eye out for it. Finally, how do you feel about the end? Because I need to talk about time in this episode. Uh, it's okay. I, really, I mean, I like, I the ending makes sense it. to me. Does the, it? The, the ending makes sense to me. Well, not, like, not necessarily the timeline, but it makes sense that Bill would hold people way longer than they fucking need to be. Yeah. Like, that made sense. That tracked for me. But it does seem, like, a quite a bit long. It also seems very strange that no one came to check up on them if they've been in that fucking, you know, building for three days. Yeah, so that's what I want to ask you about, is how long. It's, it's like, I'm assuming post-work time in the alley. So we'll call it, like, 5 o'clock at night um, when they get the initial warning. Then Hank opens the floodgate. And then it's just overnight, I think, right? Yeah, well, because Bill makes a comment. He's like, oh, you know, it was, it's real nice out today. Oh, yeah, you should have seen the the rainbow yesterday. Yeah, so we know so at that's least, what I mean. A, yeah, at least one and a half days have passed since the rain stopped. Yeah, Peggy's been asleep for, like, dinner and then breakfast, but... Mm-hmm. Well, and Hank, so Hank showed up and it was still raining. So how long was Hank in the cage? No idea. Yeah. Yeah. But then also, like, what where, what are the kids doing? They're not fucking around for 12 hours straight, like, in the school. Like, or, especially yeah. this. But it's also, they're in a school. There's windows in the school. Like. And where does, where's Dale going to smoke? Because you know he's smoking. Oh, he probably just goes to the bathroom. It's Dale. He doesn't care. <laughs> okay. Fair. Fair. <laughs> not to blow a hole in that one, but, like, it's only no. when he's, like, you know, being, like, federally demanded by airport to not smoke. Dale is he's smoking in the bathroom, and he's cracking a window and not even bothering to look outside because that's Dale. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, smoking in his arc, man. 
smoking in his yeah that's probably it he's like no this is we're, that's we're, our we're fucking we're, that's we're our story, national Mark. waters <laughs> but there, yeah there you go too like dale's building an ark but that is a b story with no consequence peggy <laughs> sleeps through it all because bill just like takes care of peggy but there's no consequence so there's your b stories there's like b stories that just kind of orbit around but don't do anything right yeah i don't know i I can't tell if I really love this or am irritated by the pacing, but then I'm like, I don't fucking care about pacing. There's no like gaping plot hole, so who cares? Like, right. Um, okay. I'm sorry. Um, give me your notes, buddy. I've been talking for yeah. super long. No, no, no. It's it's good, man. I don't have a lot of notes here. I kind of sat and watched this one too because it's it was hard to break down with so many things going on. I'm like, what what do I take note of? What is too much? So I, I erred on the side of caution and didn't do too many. Um, so I made some observations. In the alley at the beginning of the episode, Dale is the only one of them that's not using an actual umbrella. He's using a metal <laughs> trash can lid on fucking right on par with Dale. Um, yep. Oh, holy shit. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I got to focus my zen here because otherwise I I might just explode thinking about this. Mark, okay. I feel like every fucking episode for the last like four episodes of the Dangle podcast, we have brought this up, and it they brought it up in the fucking episode this week. Okay. Shelter shock is going to cause Bobby to revert to being a child again, and Peggy screaming, "Bobby won't go baby on my watch!" <laughs> oh my god, Mark! Oh my god! <laughs> What the hate observations. Flows you, buddy? I I just pick a goddamn lane. Pick <laughs> a goddamn lane. Five words. That's all I need to say on it. Pick a goddamn lane. <laughs> Passion. <laughs> Passion. Cowbell. <laughs> um, last last observational note here. Uh, when Hank goes to drop off Lady Bird and he tells her, you know, they're going to be looking to you for leadership. Did you notice that Doggy, or at least a terrier that looks just like Doggy, is right behind Lady Bird? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, okay, I'll... thank you for a little bit of continuity. I'm, I'm choosing to believe that that is, in fact, the Super News and Phones dog. Well, because Hank said he had to drop the pets off, so I'm sure that he ran Doggy up, too. He may have, yeah. Yeah. Because Hank is a good neighbor and would offer to do that. Yeah, like... Yeah. So, um... Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I got for notes, man. Let's get to some pros. Um, some pros. Uh, Luann, it's like God took our picture right before he killed us. <laughs> I liked that. Uh, really just killer delivery out of Brittany Murphy with that line. Yes. That's um, it's very dippy Luann. And I, it made me happy. Yeah. But it's also like, I almost wonder if she believes that like God is going to kill her. Cause she's kind of kicked back into Christianity full bore now. So mm-hmm. you, like poor girls, like been traumatized by fucking Pygmalion and the cult. And Luann's been having a rough go of it lately. Right. Um, be strong, Lady Bird. You already called that out. I just like it. And he, like, looks her in the eye and is like, these dogs need you. I think that's very cute. Um, right. Um, I don't know if you caught this, but when Dale shows his production design of the Ark, he purposely kills Peggy. 
<laughs> I did not. Really? <laughs> there are two nondescript bodies and a lower half of a body floating in the water. And then there is a one with big hair and glasses. Oh, man. Dale. Yeah. <laughs> Buddy. Um, pro of Boomhauer teaching the kids har- or the little kid harmonica. It's a background shot. Men and Connor doing a thing. Um, and yeah. you see they're looking out over the rest of the gym and Boomhauer is teaching a little kid how to play harmonica. I really like that. I like to imagine that Boomhauer is good with kids. I could, I could see that. I, that's also another weird little subplot is him just like grabbing his bandolier of fucking harmonicas that we've never seen him use and we'll probably never see him use again. Yeah, because he plays banjo. Yes, and he sings. And mandolin, too. He can play mandolin, he says, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, I I just like it a lot. Boomhauer skills, man. Boomhauer skills. Sleight of hand, magic, and harmonica, man. Um, And small talk. I really like... And small, yeah. (laughs) Dang old size, boom. Um... (laughs) (laughs) I like that Dale builds the punishment system for the Ark before the Ark is built. He's building a gangplank because Joseph is looking mutinous. Like, (laughs) very Dale to have the punishment built before the actual system. Yes. Um, And then finally, I like Peggy when Bobby takes Mr. Trunkers back and she goes, his name is Peanuts. And I guess I need to debate this with you now a little bit, just a tiny bit. Okay. Um... Time for Mark to get too personal. I slept with a Pooh Bear until I was, like, in college. Okay. It was the same Pooh Bear that I had that my great-grandmother gave to me at the age of two. Um, my mom still has it. Um, Bobby's 13. I think it's completely in the realm of a possibility for him to want to bring a stuffed animal. He's he's not an adult yet. He's not growing up yet. Like, it's not so much infantilization as it is we haven't made these big steps. Like, Right. It's... I don't know, because we even see Peggy doing it, where she has the elephant, and now that is her, like, comfort system. I think adults revert to that kind of thing. Okay. Um, I don't know. I. It's not such a direct... It's not like, I want chocolate milk. It's not like that kind of infantilization. It's, I'm scared. Because he also brings out... He's also a kid. He's 13, so what does he grab? He grabs a stuffed animal and his N64. Like, probably yeah. the two most important things that he's going to need to survive this flood. He's not trying right. to bring his tro- troll dolls. He's not bringing his um, friends' action figures. Like, right. I don't know. I don't think it's so much infantilization this time, but it did stand out to me a little bit, but then I kind of thought, and I was like, but it's not like, it's not as egregious as like, I'm staying home alone and I watched a scary movie. Please come save me. I tried to sleep in your bed. Like, it's not that Okay. Bad. It's just no, a little, I, I would agree. A little different. I think it's on point for the character, but I agree. It is obnoxious, but at least I think this time it was a little bit more justified and grounded. No, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, I, I'm i not a big person for a lot of things in, in bed when I'm going to sleep. Um, you know, I've got my iPad that usually is, is propped up because that's what I'm listening to when I go to bed. Um, yeah. But I, I haven't, I personally haven't slept with with like a stuffed animal or something like that for a very long time. Um, my better half did for a very, very long time. And it never bothered me to have something like that 
in bed with me. I've never thought of her as an infant because she wanted something like that. Shit, dude, it's tantamount to another fucking pillow. Really, that's mm-hmm. kind of what it is. Like, oh, you need to prop your arm up on something in the middle of the night? Yeah, you're hugging a fucking stuffed animal. It's basically a fucking pillow. Um, I don't see anything wrong or the need to infantilize or it's like call out infantilization with sleeping with something like that. Um, you hit it really, really good when you're like, yeah, Bobby's the one who brings it and Peggy's the one who spends the most of the fucking time with it. And it's 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 a sense of, of comfort. Um, shit, man, my wife just bought me my very own, like, kind of stuffed animal type of thing. It's waiting for me when I go back to Germany. She bought me a fucking Gengar Squishmallow. Oh, shit. Yes, she, it, she got me this big fucking giant Pokemon squishy pillow thing. Because she knows that Gengar's my favorite fucking character. He has been since I was like nine years old. And mm-hmm. she's like, yeah. And I wanted it because it's big and fucking squishy. And until you're here, I, I don't have to share it with you. Yep. <laughs> so, no, you fucking hit it spot on, dude. I will never. I'm not going to judge anybody for that. And I don't think it detracts from Bobby that he wants to bring it. Which is yeah, strange because just... we're on this kick about like, hey, stop turning into a fucking child. No, dude. He ain't, it's not a fucking child for that. I think the problem is regression versus like a lack of progress. Bobby hasn't grown up out of sleeping with stuffed animals. Neither is Peggy apparently. Um, okay. But I also think, I also think too, um, I think the reason that like, I don't sleep with my Winnie the Pooh anymore other than that I'm 34 is that I've been with my lady for 11 years now. So, and I am also, and she can attest to this. I'm pretty sure she's bitched to you about it. I am a fucking crushing cuddler. I will find yes. her and rip. I think that you and I might have shared a bed at a theater conference in Wyoming and you might have said, God damn, Mark likes to cuddle. Like, yes, <laughs> it's just a thing that I do. I like to be the big spoon and I'm sorry when I get you in that headlock. It's over. You're with me and thank God I've got insomnia because I'll probably wake up hours before you do. But like, <laughs> and I think that's probably why I don't need it anymore because I have her now. But like, mm hmm. Um, so, but Hank isn't there. Hank is taken away from Peggy. She's freaking out. She, she also has to be like the standard support system in a very, very difficult time. She doesn't have right. friends. Where the hell is Nancy? She has to watch Joseph, I guess. Where the hell is Min? She is plotting to overthrow the Dibitro fucking Imperium. But like, so Peggy's alone. And what's the first thing she does? She gets some food in her and grabs a stuffed animal and reverts to, <laughs> she just goes to sleep. Like. And she probably handles it the best out of anybody in the show or this episode. But yeah, oh, yeah. Um, also, side sidebar to this conversation. Yeah. Real quick question: What's the better name, Mister Peanuts or Mister Peanuts or Mister Trunkers? <laughs> I like Mister Trunkers better, but so do I. I. But I just think that Peanuts is a pretty hack name for an elephant. It is. Mister Trunkers is just like. It's fun to say. I want I want to name an animal. I want to name like a stupid ass cat or something. Mr. Trunkers. <laughs> Just because it's a fun fucking name. Get you a cat with a big fat ass. It'll have a big old dump truck. It'll work. I got you. <laughs> got it. <laughs> um, those are all my pros. I'm sorry. Hey, listeners, I'm sorry. This one's a long one, but I think that Johnny and I have a lot to say. So it's it's good for you guys. You know, you need your daily daily dose of boom. Uh, my pro, my pros here. <laughs> my pros here. First off, Con and Min look classy as fuck in this episode. When they walk in and they're in their like pea coats and Min is in her little beret, I'm like, okay, yeah. this is when I'm reminded that you guys are much more affluent than the hills are. Than you and you live right next to them, 
and like Connie mentioned a couple episodes ago, or this this is like half a season ago at this point. Um, <laughs> we have you you have everything that we have except we have a better version of it. <laughs> Rich you just Hank, don't, poor Hank, yeah, yeah. You just don't notice it until something like this shows up, and it gives them a reason to kind of dress them up all fancy. But I just I also feel like we haven't seen the entire Super Newsome Poem family in a very long time. Yeah, so, they've been broken up a lot. I took note. It's, I took yeah. note of it. Um, right on. I really like the tension buildup in this episode. I feel like swapping it around from point to point to point, it really kind of helped establish this this urgency of oh shit, yeah, things are getting real crazy. It's washing out. Um, you get a get a chance to see how everybody in Ireland is in Ireland is coping with the the flood. Um, some people handle it way more progressively than others. Some people just want to try and take advantage. So I feel like it's it does a good job of building and keeping the tension throughout the whole episode. And then at mm-hmm. the end, when you realize they've all been in there for an extra day and a half, two days, and they didn't need to be, you just kind of go, ah, fucking Bill. <laughs> right. Um, Dale ripping up the floor. I don't know if you caught that. He's like, have you seen any more? Uh, he, when he needs to make his gangplank, he specifically says, hey, have do you have any more loose floorboards? Meaning he's straight up just ripping up the fucking gym floor to make his, his arc. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it, Dale. Uh, and then the there last pro, the last pro here is every yearbook picture, specifically the French club one where Bobby and Joseph have like drawn on little pencil mustaches. <laughs> they all are so fucking good, dude. So good. Um, yeah. I really like, I really like their little B plot. And then I like Connie, like, do you know how much trouble you can get for falsifying a yearbook photo? Like. Oh, who the hell cares, Connie? And then she's like, wait, I can also use this to my advantage and totally yes. does it. Like, yeah. Yes. Um, did you have, what, what are they, superlatives? Were, were you ever somebody in high school? Did, I feel like we talked about this once already. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll bring it up again. I was most dramatic. And I think that they thought okay. that meant I was like, I think they took dramatic to mean a different thing than it did because the girl that got it was overly dramatic. Okay. Like, as in, it's raining, the town is going to flood. As in, um, my boyfriend didn't call me last night. He died in a fiery explosion. Or he's cheating on me, that slut. Like, that type of uh, drama. Versus, I was never dramatic. I was just loud and in every single play. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? And I was in band, and I was loud. I was me, but loud. <laughs> er. <laughs> it's like mark you're still you're still very loud man 300 had just come out i was kind of riding in this awesome wave of displaced nationalism for my history like you know it's loud <laughs> awesome <laughs> i used to headbutt lockers a lot like you know me <laughs> <laughs> shit gotcha very good sorry very that good. was a long way to go did you did you get one um, no, they stopped doing them in our school because they, they gave, uh, one like a year before my senior year to somebody who was worse dressed and they didn't realize that person was just super poor. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I got like that you can't most just dramatic rip as well. off episodes. <laughs> the hell I can't. That's what the listeners are here for. They're here. They're here for deep cuts, Mark. I'm going to get a fucking bumper sticker that just says Johnny and Mark say deep cuts. Deep cuts. Cowbell. Deep cuts, cowbell. Exactly. Um, no, that's that's what I got for pros, man. <laughs> Give me some 
God. Can I turn, not this week, but can I turn next week into a morning zoo? <laughs> sure. You do the editing for this. I don't give a fuck, man. Listeners, you tell me, can I turn this into a morning zoo? I'm kind of curious if I can get away with it. Hey, um, maybe I turned this one into one. I don't know. So I'm asking how for many, forgiveness how over many, permission. There you go. How many slide whistles can you put in here? How many boing sounds can you put in here? How many uh, cat calls and whistles can you put in here? What are some other like, love good morning zoo classics? <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, we did that. Uh, we so should... <laughs> uh Cutting to traffic and weather on the threes with Mark and Johnny. It is, oh my God, it's 19 degrees in Alamosa with 30 mile an hour wind. Fuck. All right, cool. Look out on the corner of, look out on the corner of Maine and San Juan because I just dropped my bagel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's flush it into our cons. Flush sound yes. effect. <laughs> Oh my god! I really want you to do this, even if you never publish it. I want to hear a fucking morning zoo of like five minutes of our shit. See what I can do. This you all think you hate laugh tracks in bad sitcoms? Now just wait until we morning zoo a fucking podcast. Ooh, we'll start a riot. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Cons, Mark. Cons. Cons. What do you got for me? I only have one, and I may have missed it earlier in the episode. I don't know why Hank goes to the fucking dam. Other than, oh, for the plot, he needs to. Is there a reason he just drives to the fucking dam instead of to the the shelter like everybody else? He gets turned around. He keeps getting turned around because he had to drop the dogs off. And then when he's coming back, he can't take any road, and eventually that leads him to the highest ground of the dam. Okay, well, but that, if that's the case, then once he gets the damn, why does he get out and go in? Would you not leave? I'd fucking get out of my car and get warm. Would you not? No, because my car's really fucking warm. <laughs> <laughs> Must be fucking nice. He's got a new truck, man. It, at that time, it should not have heating problems. This segment is brought to you by the all-new Honda Pilot. Honda, stay strong, stay piloty. It'll warm your ass, but not your beer. Because you shouldn't drink and drive, kids. No, I don't know. Um, like I, that's that's my I'd big glaring con is why, other than for plot reasons, why in the fuck is he there? It's like, safer. It's safer to get it out of the vehicle. It's he got. To, I don't know how okay. he got up to the dam, like the 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 Tut Rampy Dam, which by the way does not exist. Tut Rampy is not a real person. Yes, I looked it up. You're welcome, <laughs> listeners. Um, <laughs> um, no, I, he just gets turned around. All the roads are closed. He is literally having to seek the higher ground. So he okay. does. And that's where it leads him. And then why wouldn't you get out? Like, okay. Fuck. I'd get, I mean, I'd get out of my car anyway. Like, it's not safe to be in a vehicle in a storm, get into a brick like edifice. Like, absolutely. It's a dam. You know, it's going to be built strong. So that's, that's fair. I don't know. It's not a, a glaring con for me because it, like I said, for plot reasons, he needs to go there. That's how you forward the, the story in this episode. It's it's how right. you create like the big conflict between him and keep Bill as the fucking leader. But I don't know. It's I'm looking at this almost too critically now. So I need sometimes I just need to take a step back and go. Just let a thing be a thing, John. Jesus. <laughs> that was a just let a thing be a thing slide whistle, John. That you only get here on the Dangle Podcast, Colorado's number one King of the Hill podcast. Now it's time to get the lead out. <laughs> Wop, 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 wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to stop morning zooing it. 
Because at this point, shit. I'm losing the forest through the bit. Um, <laughs> Give me some some of your cons, man, because that's the only one I had. Um, um, cons. I have toilet paper flashbacks from panic COVID buying. I saw that I, dude carrying all that toilet yes. paper, and it like I heard fucking fortunate son in the back of my head, and helicopters intensified. Yes. Um, I don't think Luann would hate on Bill the way that she does. I think it's out of character for her. When she and Peggy are standing there and she goes, that means Mr. Dotrieve is in charge? And I don't think she would. She just, we just came off of um, uh, My Hair Lady. My Hair Lady, yeah. Uh, Bill and Luann are friends. Like, I I don't think that she, I, I think that line is unnecessary. I think it might have been better if Nancy said it. Like, oh my God, Bill's in charge now? Like, Yes, okay. Something like that, whatever, I don't care. We just need a little bit more Luann, because really the only other one we got was her saying, it's like God took our picture before he killed us. So, like, you already got Brittany Murphy in the studio. Why not give her more than one line? Um, Yeah. Cherry anything is a con. Just as a general rule, cherry (laughs) anything is a con. (laughs) I, You know what? This may be controversial to the rest of our viewers. I am 100% agreeing with you. I have never had anything cherry other than straight up just cherry pie that is good. Yeah, but that's it. Like, and even then, I don't really like, I, maybe a cherry in my old fashioned, because I like, you know, drop the cherry okay. in and pour just a touch of grenadine or the cherry right. juice. And I, yeah, but like, nuts. Nah, cherry anything is nasty. Um, con in four. Plot lines, four interweaving plot lines. We did not get a fifth one where Khan recruited his goon squad of Octavio and that horse's ass Lane Prattley. Right. We just, they just I, appeared. Yeah. And I don't care. I'm just, oh God, I feel robbed. <laughs> that would have been, <laughs> and I understand you got what, 24 minutes. Like it's, it's fine, but I understand, but man, um, Khan, and you can back this up having just been brutalized by your brother. Um, that's not how leg press machines work. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. That's like 20 foot of cable. <laughs> like, can you, can you and I talk for just like maybe 20 seconds here about how quickly Hank reverts to basically being in prison when he gets put in that fucking cage? All right. That's, that's what time this to entire work out episode is, Yeah. That's what this entire episode is, is trauma response. Like Jesus. Dale goes insane and builds an arc. Men and Khan revert back to fucking like maybe refugees. Hank starts doing yard time and bulking up. Like, <laughs> yes. Come on. Three Peggy sleeps ones. with a stuffed animal. It's great. What'd you yeah. say? I just come on, three more good ones. <laughs> Hank psyching yeah. himself up. Oh, <laughs> it's gr- don't get into a kicking contest with Hank Hill, man. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> um. Finally, Bill should not be let anywhere near those goddamn children. <laughs> He's gonna go tell those Boy Scout troops all the wrong goddamn things. <laughs> Everything his daddy did to him. Bastard. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> I just... I, you should not go talk to those scouts. I also hate how the Boy Scout is in a Boy Scout uniform. That's lazy. Yeah. But... I okay. don't know. Um, yeah, I had a lot of cons, but none of them are real cons, I guess, other than Cherry and there's Luann. But n- yeah, there's not a lot of like real glaring things wrong with this episode. It's a it's a good episode. I kind of just sat and watched it for a while. Yeah, I sat and watched the whole thing. Um, and this brings me to my ultimate question here: What would you do if you're Hank? You are Hank, given the um 
the 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 what do you call that the burden of leadership thrust upon you to make the right. choice do you open the floodgate or not absolutely yeah i think he made the right fucking call yeah 10,000 percent. what is it three homes and the mini mall got wet like mm-hmm. yeah like and yeah the, it sucks for the people that own those homes but they also knew what was going to happen if they built their house on a floodplain at least they should have. If they were fucking responsible, they did. Um, mini malls can be replaced. That's not the end of the fucking world, especially at this time in the United States, like economy in 2004. Cool. Yeah. It's going to be, it's it's going to get replaced and it's going to be super profitable for another 10, 15 fucking years before everything goes to Amazon. Um, <laughs> like, no, I, I don't feel bad for people that go, well, but my house got destroyed because of a flood thing. Yeah. You chose to work, work, live and eat, sleep, breathe there. You knew that it, that this is a possibility. It's not the first time it's ever fucking rained in Texas. It's not the first time it's ever flooded in Texas. There's a fucking amazing song by Stevie Ray Vaughan, literally called Texas Flood. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't, I maybe it's because I don't feel bad. I do, Mark, What's up, where buddy? I live and where I've lived in my, in my entire life, I live in a, a place where I have to deal with blizzards on occasions. I have to deal with tornadoes. Um, there's inclement weather here. It's nothing usually too real crazy, but I'm not in a floodplain. I'm not anywhere near a fucking hurricane. I don't like tornadoes are very rare because we're so close up to the goddamn mountains here. Like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if you, if you don't want to deal with these possible potential weather hazards, don't fucking live there. Yes, I mean that, but like, you know, we bitched in Texas City Twister about, you know, stop building your trailer parks up Tornado Alley, Oklahoma. Like, come on, guys. Yes, yes. Um, I know it's not as simple as just, okay, well, I guess I'll just fucking move then. But like, seriously, if you have the opportunity and the ability to go and buy a fucking house, do your research first and don't get pissed off when something that has happened hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of fucking times happens to you. Yeah, like, yeah, at this point, you're the problem. Like, yeah. California, biggest... stop rebuilding in the goddamn desert. It's going to catch fire again. Like, exactly. Like, yeah. one of the biggest things I have to to worry about, quote unquote, is fire. Um, And it's like, cool, if, if my mom's house were to be destroyed in a fire or my grandma's house were to be destroyed in a fire, they all know that that's the fucking risk. Yeah. Is yeah. what it is. Anyway, yeah. are we to favorite moments then? Uh, we are at a favorite moments, but before we do that, got to give you the traffic and weather together on the tens update here on the Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Size More Realty. Size More Realty. We wear red, so you can trust us, and you won't be seeing red with our low, low prices. Looks like Rainy Street is still raining. What's your favorite moment, John? Because mine is uh, us being a morning zoo. I got two of them here. Uh, the first one is uh, Everett calling out Hank, and then just sitting there smugly combing his mustache. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're a shithead. Um, Everett is, oh, why am I, why am I blanking on his name now? It's um, uh, Bill. It's the same actor as Bill. Stephen Root. Stephen Root, thank you. Yeah, Everett's voiced by Stephen Root. And we only hear him, like, say two sentences. But, yeah, his just ridiculous mustache combing. Um, <laughs> it's like he's trying to psych him out. Uh, <laughs> and then my other one, I have a new favorite con insult. Ooh, okay. Um, did Dotrieve have too many corn squeezins? <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> like, such a good con line. Wow, such a good one. Corn squeezins. That's what our bumper sticker needs to be. Oh. <laughs> That's right, listeners. We see you rocking that deck. We're going to be out here for the next hour or down here at Prattley, Cadillac, Hyundai, and Subaru. We see the corn squeezing's bumper sticker. You have a chance to win $99 for the dang old weekend. You're getting better at this. <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. Give me your favorite moments, buddy. <laughs> um, well, fuck me. I didn't write one. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> for loving this episode so much, I don't have a favorite moment. Nothing um, sticks out to you? Well, no, I, I just like so much of it. It's kind of hard to pick. Um, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to actually re- retract that. It's it's Hank when he's immediately reverts to prison life. And come on, he'll give okay. me three more good ones. That's, that's really good. It's probably okay. what I'd do. Like, best case scenario, I can get locked in, like, anytime fitness for a week while at Blizzard's here or something and just come out ripped to shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, um... Guys, didn't we have a huge supply of creatine back here? <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> Once. <laughs> Once. Well, I say we get to our ratings, buddy. Oh, let's do it. What are you giving her, man? Um, I gave the French Deluge episode a... I gave it a butane. Um, okay. I, I, it's a fun, fine episode. Uh, to me, it's pretty middle of the road. There's got some... It's got some really interesting moments. It's a cool concept of mixing like four or five different storylines and i think they do it very successfully um but i'm not seeking this episode out i didn't find anything in it that i really really was just like in love with it's not like our last fucking episode that i i will actively seek out probably <laughs> next but um okay. yeah so i mean it's a butane for me maybe okay, a little bit butane. higher if i if i can if I put a little asterisk next to it a little bit higher than a butane it almost feels like an insult to just say it's middle of the road because it was better than that but you call it, it a buking maybe eh, no it's not quite that good <laughs> not okay so okay, <laughs> at least not okay. for me yeah no that's butane cool. it's, it's a butane yeah. plus <laughs> butane plus okay <laughs> god damn <laughs> how do you like our rating now? system now gang it's getting even cuter isn't it <laughs> about you buddy cowbell <laughs> Um, no, I gave this one, I don't know. I didn't rate it either. I don't know what's wrong with me. Cause I think I don't know how to feel about it. I really, no, fuck that. I do know how to feel about it. I really like this episode. It's a Char King. Um, it's really good. Okay. Everybody's used really well. The writing is really solid. You have four different independent plots that all work and coalesce and come together and work really, really well together. Um, there's stakes. There's, there's funny little bits in there about like, um, Hank ate all your cinnamon buns. Literally, like, Bill reverts to, like, what a bad leader does. Like, Yeah. But I you know? I secured enough Carnation Instant Breakfast for everybody. Yes, exactly. Like, Bill's really good. Um, This is a good Bill episode. We see him power trip anyway. We know that's a thing that he can do. Um, This is a good Hank episode because, like, literally, what do you do in this situation? Well, he made the right call because the Buddha says, what, Johnny? That's right. That objects lead to suffering and these houses can be rebuilt. Um, I like Bobby and Connie and Joseph screwing around doing their yearbook pictures. And I like, um, men and cons, like weird hiding out in the bunker, like, you know, jockeying for power position and creating a shadow government within the stupid, like gymnasium. It's great. Every bit of this is great. 
Um, there, I do genuinely feel bad for Hank because he didn't do anything wrong. It's not like Hank's being an asshole here. And then he calls out the, the villain and nobody cares. And that's kind of cool. Cause like we're watching this happen actively right now in, uh, Ohio. Yep. Um, anyway, that was, yeah, it's a Char King. I really like this one a lot and I will put it on. And, and also I said at the top of this an hour ago in our longest episode ever, sorry guys, I said an hour <laughs> ago when we started this that I remember hating this episode and now I don't know what my problem was. Maybe I'm a stupid kid. Like... Well, it just didn't hit, it just didn't hit with you then. I guess I, maybe that's it. But like right now, I am optimistic for the future. Like I was shitty last week and said, you know, we need to hold up our pattern of the next two episodes. One will be good and the other one will be crap, and then the next two after that are gonna suck. Maybe I get a little more optimistic. Okay. That sound effect was the optimism badger that Mark hears in his head once a week when he says, "Nah, maybe King of the Hill isn't as bad as it is." <laughs> um. But all that being said, we have one more pressing question. We do. Or do you have anything else to say about this episode? I I do not. I do not. I All feel right. like you and I have kind of ran the course here. Just a little bit overfilled on content, you might say. <laughs> just a little bit. Just like to eke some out a little bit next time. <laughs> no, you know, just like at the Arroyo Diner where they overfill you on gravy, but don't worry because these biscuits will sop it right up. Johnny, do you still like yeah. King of the Hill? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. This is this was a, a nice change of pace. I feel like the last couple of weeks I've been pretty pessimistic and I've been overly critical and it was really nice to sit down and watch a couple of these episodes and really have have it be reminded like you're watching this because you enjoy it. Don't fucking hate every second of this. Um, <laughs> you can be critical without being a fucking asshole. So no, I still love it, man. How about you? Yeah, I still love it. Man, I'll say it. I love King of the Hill. It's great. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's like what you're saying. We need we don't need to be like airtight assholes all the time. Like, oh, it's just, blah, 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 Peggy and Bobby are stupid and Hank is an idiot. It's like, nah, that ain't what this is. Because we do have to come back and remember, like, no, we yeah. genuinely do enjoy this show. Like, we are we are not comic book guy, and I don't. I feel bad that I feel like we've kind of devolved into that in the last few episodes. So we're I'm gonna work better about not just calling out every inconsistency. That's not what this is about. This is about fucking celebrating King of the Goddamn Hill. Yeah, absolutely. And you can celebrate King of the Hill right along with us. Um, Johnny, tell those good people where they might celebrate. Uh, you guys can always celebrate with us on uh, Dangle Podcast. So that's at Dangle Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. We have a Facebook page. We've got a Facebook group. If you guys want to come and join us, we've got some really cool stuff popping off in there. Um, yeah, like you can always get a hold of us at danglepodcast at gmail.com. You can reach out to me personally, like our good friend, uh, friend of the show, Nick Perry, did last week. Um, you can reach me at Krautball. That's Kraut as in sauerkraut and ball as in Swedish meatball. Mark, he sent me the coolest video of a uh, like mid to early 60s Samba Volkswagen minibus that's got semaphores. And for those of you out there that don't know what semaphores are, it's basically instead of having turn signals, you've got this little tiny flag that pops out of the top side of your car and get, lets people see that you're there. Super, super cool. Go check that shit out. But guys, if, if you reach out to me, I will talk to you. I'm pretty sure Mark will too. <laughs> but Mark, yeah. I got to know where to find you. Yeah, please, by all means, you can reach out by coming down here to the station. Um, no, don't. Please don't try and find where I live. Um, no, find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter or find us on our sister podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast. Um, this week, Josh and I ran into some technical difficulties. So instead of doing what we're going to do because research kind of went awry, we're just talking about Futurama. Yay. <laughs>
Nice. Yeah, go check us out there. Um, listeners, do us a real favor here and hit that five-star review. Leave a review on iTunes. It helps us. We are growing. We are doing traction. Um, John, congratulations to you, buddy. We just broke 8,000, which I am. It was yeah. a milestone for us. I'm really proud. And lately, we've been getting a lot of good uh, feedback from our listeners, and we love to have it. We'd love to hear from you. Um, so, yeah, keep doing that. And, you know, just remember, hey, we're all just here to watch a TV show and have some fun. And there's bigger problems in life. So don't get hung up on it. But if you do get hung up on it, you can drive on down to Prattley, Cadillac, and Subaru, and I'll finance you some pinstriping. (laughs) Uh, John, let's get the hell out of here, buddy. I, I say we do, man. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for, uh, for listening. We will see you next week. Bye. Cowbell. <laughs>